you know he's got a blog about dogs, Malcolm too? No, he doesn't. <laughs> no, he doesn't. You're lying. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What you might not know is that he's spent time in the past writing blogs in the voice of dogs. He's got a dog blog. Oh, my God. Temple's got a Temple's dog blog. Has a, it does. Guest post by Dusty the Kelpie. What? Oh, my God. This stopped in July, obviously, when he had aspirations to become the Prime Minister. Oh, what a discovery. Miff Googles finally pays off. <laughs> Bang. on. G'day, g'day. And how you going, Zanro? What do you know? <laughs> how are you? You are so different when you've had a lunch break. <laughs> you are jumping out of your skin. I love I know, this. I know. I had to do some training today at the ABC and I did what most normal people do every day and that's went out and had a walk and had some lunch. Whole and new world for you. A whole new world, Zan. So new. I, I Seriously, I, I, I get now why people are functional at this time of the day. <laughs> did you go up to people who were getting their lunch and go, what are you guys doing? Want to hang out? I felt like it. I felt like it. And I sat with seagulls and they, they came and chatted with me. And it was a really nice time. Thanks. Well, I'm excited to hear you <laughs> bouncing off the walls. And uh, very good to see you again for another Bang On, your shortcut yeah. to all the world's things, music, art, culture, life stuff. And we are so close, Miff, to Bang On Live, the very first ever Bang On happening in front of the Bang Fam, real people in an audience in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, at Giant Dwarf in Sydney. So you need to be able to get yourself to Sydney on a Sunday. What's the exact date? I've forgotten Sunday, already. November 12, 12 at Giant Dwarf. It's part of the Yak Festival, which is a new festival. There's a bunch of fun stuff happening, like uh, Kate McCartney and Kate McLennan doing an in-conversation. Sam Simmons is doing a show. There's just heaps of stuff. It's like going yeah. over two weeks. And we're going to be there on the opening weekend, Sunday, November 12, doing Bang On Live in the evening, which means that immediately after we finish having a chat with you, there will be wine time. Wine time. Wine time. Wine time. Wine time. Wine time. The greatest form um, of all. Because ours is the last show that, that evening, isn't it? Oh, is it? I think so. Let's destroy the joint. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, we'll keep it all together. Everything will be fine. Giant yeah. dwarf, don't be worried. No. I'm excited though because it's like every week – we get so much great feedback, like messages, Facebook, Twitter, from people who are listening and, you know, in their own time, such is the beauty of podcast, yeah. podcasts, and they just shout back at us. And we're going to be in a room with all of you physically, the Bang Our Fam. Our community, our Bang Fam. And I might I cry. I know. I, I feel really a bit emotional about it because, you know, we started from nothing, Zan. <laughs> like, literally started from nothing. You're right. <laughs> Yay! And now look at That's what we've got. That's not going to be got. singing to the audience. <laughs> we want to sell tickets. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but I do. I feel really connected with everybody who listens because you know you're always talking to us on Twitter as well and on Instagram, and it's just so lovely. So come along and say hello, and we can hang with you because it. I don't know. Radio's great. What we normally do is radio and we connect with a big, huge audience, but the Bang Fam feels very personal. It's totally a little And community. I'm so into it. I'm yeah. so into it. We're going to actually have a special guest too who's flying, going to be on an aeroplane oh. to be there with us. So oh, that's exciting. That is exciting. Um, tickets are two-thirds gone too. I just got the update before mm -hmm. I came in with you today and um, two-thirds gone. So yeah, Sunday, November 12th, if you want to be there, Giant Dwarf in Sydney, Bang On Live.
Yeah, and we'll I've put had some thought, details in the show notes as well. I've had a thought about something I can do at the end of the show oh, as yeah. a bit of a showstopper. Oh, I'm not sure if you agree. Oh, I'm waiting for this. this one. Do you remember when you were at my house <laughs> and you exited, you had to go somewhere else and I'd had a few champagnes? Wasn't that the <laughs> afternoon that we made our pink fan badges? Yeah, yeah. There was you a couple got, of bottles that we had under our belts. You got the special treatment that day and I feel like I need to do it for the bang fam if they come along. When you come to my house, I te- if, I, if it's been a great night, I tend to play some Phil Collins as you exit the venue <laughs> or exit the hallway of my house. So if you come along to the show and there is a piano in the theatre, which I assume there will be, there is always a piano in everything. We're hiring one if not. Uh, <laughs> just bring a piano along. Even if I it's will, a Casio tone keyboard. I will, I will Phil Collins against all odds yeah. you out the door if you come along, okay? That is How's worth that? the price alone. It is. Well, <laughs> I think you'll be rushing out the door by the time I do that. So good. Miff. Pizza. I, I Bring did... me pizza. <laughs> Dario es siempre in retardo. Oh, I had Avanti. no idea that your mention of Avanti last week would cause <laughs> the cascade of love. Posted it on Instagram. You did the same. Posted can it I, on my Facebook. I'm still getting bloody comments on my Facebook a week later. You broke the internet, Genro. <laughs> I was trying to load all the comments to find some highlights and it seriously froze my computer. It's like two and a half thousand people liked it. 300 people shared it. It's touched a note, struck a chord with anybody who studied year seven Italian and the Avanti language book. Everyone was reading this, it seems, of a certain age. Absolutely. Everyone remembered Avanti and they were good memories, I think. We all know. A lot of love for Dario. So much love for Dario. But also, and like a lot of comments about Dario, well, there was an older brother in the book that was smoking cigs, which seemed seemed to be a little bit inappropriate for a very young high school audience. (laughs) But, you know, we're cool with that. We were cool, obviously, back in the 90s. That's fine. (laughs) There's a few other pretty inappropriate things in there as well. Uh, Oh, and the only... Italian bloke called Kevin. I think that was that was also I, someone reminded me of that. It must have been an Australian made book though, because I yeah. didn't realise until I saw the image that little Dario always running late. He's on the he front. Sono, non sono sempre in ritardo. <laughs> he's wearing he's wearing the ABC symbol, which you know, fun fact is called Lissa Juice. That's what it's called. If you've ever wondered, I must say when you sent that email saying, "Did you see the whatever you just said then?" and I went, Lissa Juice. I went, "WTF is that? What are you talking about?" That's what but it's then called. I worked That's it the out. symbol. And then I, because I'd also send the ABC symbol, going, "What is that on there? What did we work out? Why?" No, I saw. I mean, if anybody knows, can you please tell us? Like, you know, tweet is it us a weird whatever. Copro. Yeah, I, might, I mean, that's the only thing I can figure out for. The, there's an ABC symbol, the older brother smoking Dari's, and the fact that there's an Italian guy called Kevin. It must have been an Australian book. <laughs> it all makes sense, which is why it was so part of our childhood. That's right. Uh, but it was amazing. So thank you very much for um, for everyone who shouted back. Absolutely blew me away, your connection to it, and uh, made me want to learn Italian again. I know. Let's do For it. For the third or fourth time that I've tried in my life <laughs> and given up every time. Can you speak another language at all? Um, I can speak really shit Italian and Spanish okay. because I yeah. always give up. Yeah, I know. I mean, I Donde something... este el baño? Oh, well done. What was that? Where's the toilet? Oh, yeah, cool. Cerveza, beer, which leads beer. to the toilet. Mm. Just the key things. Poquito, which means little when they say, yeah. can you speak Spanish? Poquito. <laughs> Just shit. I would, I would use that in another context, Zanro, but you know. <laughs> 
Which leads us to our next discussion, the Bachelorette yeah. finale tonight, oh. Miff Warhurst. Oh. Now, now, for anyone listening to this podcast, perhaps not this evening, tomorrow, and wondering why, you know, or in the next week or the month, next month or whatever, wondering why we haven't referenced the, I guess you could call it the grand final mm. of the Bachelorette. It's pretty much our version of sport, really, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, so we haven't seen it, so we are talking on the eve of the final episode. Yeah, it's we're, only like three hours, so we're, we're, we're up to the, we're going to be watching the finale tonight. We're, and we'll, Where um, our goddess, Sophie Monk, oh chooses her partner in love. Stop, stop, Jared. Stop, 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 Jared. Stop, stop, Can't stop, Did you hear that Apollo's going to release a single? I think that's oh. what it is. <laughs> Where have we, did we got a hot take on Apollo's new single there? Well, that's that a, it. That's Apollo 440 from, <laughs> from, I believe, the late 90s. <laughs> We haven't heard what his single will be, but I think it's going to sound like that because, God oh. damn it, our beautiful doughy prince who loves to make magic tricks and is probably, you know, well, clearly not ready for marriage <laughs> maybe in four <laughs> to six years and only if it doesn't end his life, as he oh. mentioned. <laughs> doesn't actually be the end of the world. What a romantic. I know, what really. Rom- and, and when she dropped the old... Um, Oh, so uh, what? Are, yeah, what are your aspirations career-wise? He failed to mention <laughs> that he has a new song hot off the presses, ready to go. <laughs> Apollo Jackson in a lovely cursive font with some sort of 80s styling called Addiction. Oh. About to drop. He just forgot about that, <laughs> even though he's been planning this for months. He wasn't in it for the real game, and the real game was Sophie, and we don't want her heartbroken by someone who's not there for her. But she's got to choose between Stu and Jared. I know. Just, I, f- I feel dead inside. <laughs> Do I even watch tonight? <laughs> what, a, what a shit sandwich! Like uh, seriously. <laughs> I look. I, can I? Can I say? Who else was there? Though I'm actually trying to think. She didn't get a great selection. Is James? Is James? Was James the one? Was that the one that we that got away? I think she sort of hinted that maybe James might not have been as exciting as. The others, she needed a bit, a bit more of a spark, and I totally get that. But I just think the selection of, of gentlemen was a little bit, uh, not not very great. Yeah, she wasn't given no the, offense be- the, to the, the best gentlemen, buffet. But... The, the smorgasbord was very weak. It was like all you can eat Pizza Hut at the end of the night, oh. when you basically all you've got left is to stick your head under the soft serve machine and hope for the best. <laughs> That's pretty much it. That's where we're at with the finale of The Bachelorette. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like when I was when I was go, yeah, underage going to a nightclub in Mildura and whenever they played John Farnham's You're the Voice, I was very underage, that's when you knew that was the last one and they'd turn the lights on and you'd just go, you'd go for random pash. Yeah, <laughs> the desperation. Can you imagine anything less romantic, though, than pashing on with somebody you've just met to John Farnham's You're the Voice? Sounds anthemic Not- to me. Mm, I no. mean, it's a long song as well. You've got that bagpipe. Solo. (laughs) Nothing hotter than a bagpipe. (laughs) Show us your bagpipe style. I honestly am not going for either contestant, though. I want Sophie to, much like she has been throwing down truth bombs through the whole series, end it by saying, you know what, none of you are good enough for me and actually making Bachelorette history. That's what I'd love to see. Oh, she's fallen for one of the cameramen and she'll say, come on up. Like Julia Roberts did when she married Danny. That's right. Come on up here, sir. Here's my husband. (laughs) Oh I had a rumor she's already married, whoever it is. Really? Yeah. How long ago did they film this thing? Don't know. She's been in Thailand having a fabulous time. Oh, Soph. 
Soph. Anyway. We're here for you, Soph. Look, (laughs) if anything goes wrong, you know that you have an entire nation behind you who will take you in and comfort you and make you feel okay again. I'm pretty sure. Everyone's just totally fallen in love with her. Yeah, I love it a bit. It's been my first Bachelor experience. I'm very happy that Sophie's been there to guide me through it. And we will see how it all lands next week when we catch up. Um, and I'm proud of us, given that this was the first time that I've ever watched it, that we didn't turn Bang On into a Bachelorette podcast. Yeah. I think that was very strong of us. <laughs> Can I say, though, I've been amazed by the integrity of the people who are actually really into it. Like last night, Virginia Trioli, host of ABC Breakfast mm-hmm. on the telly, she was tweeting about it. She was discussing certain things with Lee Sales on Twitter. Like, it's everywhere. It's just seeped into everybody's pores. Sophie's yeah. our gateway drug and we're all high as a kite and loving it. Now, Mitch, did you see this article that popped up this week? Uh, Kate Nash, I think in the NME they reported on it, but really she was doing it on Twitter, responding to a BuzzFeed article uh, that was titled 33 Singers That Only Exist in the Minds of British Millennials and pretty much talking about, um, you know, the sort of where are they now vibe is the tone that was going through this article under the picture of Kate Nash, who is the vocalist behind that foundation. It's a big hit and she had a real, you know, breakthrough time a few years ago. But they said... She was the cute vintage dress-wearing girl we all wanted to be back in 2007. Presumably these days, she's wearing baggy jumpers and DMs. But who knows? <laughs> so dismissive. So dismissive. Um, so dismissive. You, first and foremost, do your research, Journo. I know. Wrote it, because she's actually turned up on one of the biggest television smash hits of this year, which is the wrestling TV show on Netflix called Glow. Which you banged on about a few absolutely, weeks ago. Absolutely. So, you know, she's doing stuff. She's got new music. But even so, she really pointed up something that's always been a, a problem within the music industry, and that is how quickly we discard people or just kind of make jokes of them once they're no longer in the limelight. And often we don't think about that. Like, I've, I've always laughed at those where are they now articles that you see and they and often on Buzzcocks I don't know if you ever watched Nevermind the Buzzcocks they mm. would often bring out you know five people and you had to choose which one was the that actual person from that 80s band that you'd forgotten about and it's funny but at the same time as I'm getting older and and dealing more and more with artists who are trying to make music their career the difficulty of continuing to make music and being considered you know just as valuable and as valid is a really tough struggle for most of them and and not many people get to be your Biebers who get 10 years or 15 years out of it. It just doesn't work like that. So I feel bad for laughing at all of those, where are they now? You know what it is as well? that The the laughing thing and also just the remembering thing is partly because that's what soundtracks our life and it takes us back muscle memory to those moments. So it's almost like a nostalgia trip. But as you say, we forget about the... <laughs> The, the hurt and the um, offence that that would cause to yeah. people who, again, you know, as you say, are making music behind the scenes, well, she, spending she, the time to make art as well. This is the thing. I yeah. think both of us have the privilege of having, you know, been in close proximity to a lot of musicians via our work. We're friends with a lot of musos, but we also yeah. see the stuff that happens behind the scenes. And the amount of times I speak to people who are just spending the time to make their art. Yeah. And you know what? It's going to sound a lot better than if you are giving into some pretty hectic demands and pressures from labels and management and publicists, publicists and stuff like that to just churn something out to stay, quote, in the cycle. Let yeah. someone make their art. I don't know if I'm being... 
uh, too, you know, too much of a dreamer in this regard. But seriously, it's just there's too much pressure and no one wins at the end of that. The mm. artist doesn't win. The audience doesn't win. The culture doesn't win at the end of that. Exactly. And she brought up the, the topic of mental health as well in her takedown of what BuzzFeed have done. She said, with all the talk of mental health recently and the amount of mental health issues within the artist community, I don't think this contribution from BuzzFeed or from any other media outlet is helpful or interesting. And I think that is a fantastic point. And also the fact that they made fun of her as an independent artist, as you said, without that record company backing in such a way. It's so difficult to choose a life in the arts. And here we are just sort of making fun of them. And she makes a really, really valid point, I think. You know, the other thing that I thought was interesting when I think about this sort of stuff is just that 24-7 news cycle, and particularly when it comes to online publications, music blogs, just hungry to create hot content all the time. And BuzzFeed, they made, that's that's their remit, you know, yeah. literally making it as easy for you to consume something funny. It's in pictures, you know, you don't even have to read anything really. Which I love when it comes to cats <laughs> and, um, you know, I don't know, best gorilla hugs but what's and the, that sort of thing. When you, when you, if you flip it around, you take it from the perspective of these publications and this includes double J and triple J music news areas where it's like you need to fill a space but also communicate with your audience and if you don't someone else will do it in a different way sometimes not in the in a in a credible way because they won't might not check sources in the same way but someone will always create that space and mm. always you know the audience will always flock there so i don't know what the solution is when increasingly there's just so much noise and so much space to fill how you can stop this kind of reporting how you can stop this kind of clickbait yeah. I mean, it's, we're, it's all well and good for us to say, don't be mean to artists, Yeah, but people but the, click on that shit, you know? Exactly, exactly. So, well, it's up to us to stop clicking. It's, it's. I go back to the Amy Winehouse thing, you know, if if I, at the time, I, I didn't really consider that me clicking on those stories of her when she appeared as a train wreck was actually feeding the beast, which I knew, but I didn't realise how badly and how immediately it was feeding that beast. And I think watching that Amy Winehouse documentary just, blew me away and I, mm. I I thought we're all we're all guilty and we all have a part to play in this and I think once you work that out you do stop clicking like I just don't click on so many stories now even though I want to in my gossipy nasty little heart you know <laughs> I'd love to I'd love to click on stuff I just go no nah, I'm not gonna do it I'm not gonna feed that beast anymore and I think that's what we need to do Uh, the Amazon Fashion Week was happening this week in Tokyo. Don't know why I said Amazon because no one actually cares. They just paid for the drinks. Um, <laughs> I, for some reason, I was like, is Mitch dropping like a brand name? And then I thought, nah, she's just talking about really voluptuous women. <laughs> then yeah, I thought, nah, it's fashion. No, that's fashion. It's fashion. There's, There's no, no voluptuous one, women. No, no, no. There's only fashion. drinks. There's only, only drinks. And I imagine if you are a, a brand that's t closely aligned, you're paying for the drinks and that's about it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know why I said that. I was just reading from an article. That's what it was called. So Fashion, fashion Week in Tokyo. Uh, there is a new fashion brand that's called, and I'm not even sure if I'm saying it correctly, uh, please correct me fashion types, <laughs> Thibault? I think it's Thibault. Thibault? Thibault? T-H-I-B-A-U-T. Is it French? Yeah. I see. Here's me, Thibault. No, I'm just going, yeah, it looks like this. Someone's going to be like, it's so not, it's like when you thought that, um, 
mow it was mowy for years. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's the same thing. But you still can't bring yourself to say moet because even though you know that that's the correct way to say it, but you're scared that the person behind the bar doesn't know and thinks you're a bogue. Yeah. We're, we struggle every day. We struggle I, every so day. When I, Whenever, when, I go, when, I, when I order my nightly moe, <laughs> I, I really bar, struggle just, with that you conversation. Know what, you know what every I do? Night. <laughs> I, I think about these things though. So when I go to the bar now, if I do get a get one, a glass of moet, I go, meh. Sort of like pretend that I'm almost saying both words at once just so I can hedge my bets. Can I tell you about the time that I once went to like a hatted restaurant for the first time? It was many years ago because obviously I now just have, you know, breakfast at hatted restaurants every day. But I was this- on that ABC wage that <laughs> yes. they're about to expose us for. Exactly. Bring it on. Bring exactly. it on. I, um, I went to this restaurant and I, I wanted to treat myself because it was a significant birthday and I, I got a glass of champagne by a famous uh, champagne maker and I... And I, I was like, pointed to this one, and the guy said, "Oh, would you like the um, the Paul de Roger, Paul de Roger?" And I said, "What rosé? No oh. champagne." <laughs> it was too soon for me to be eating at a hatted restaurant. I hadn't learned yet. I hadn't learned. But back to the fashion. Fashion, fashion. Yes. No. This is a great look for those of you who'd like to wear jeans but not wear jeans at all. It has been, <laughs> it has been seen on the catwalk, and you made an interesting point as we talked about what we were going to discuss today on the show, Zan. Why are all these fashion moments about denim jeans? What is it about the denim, and why the jeans? We're yet to get to what this denim jean is, but do you have a theory on this? Because I think that it's a classic look that you can do in very different ways. You can also mm. rip it, cut it. Uh, shorten it, lengthen it quite easily. It's a cheap fabric. It's a versatile fabric. It's one that we all understand and yet sometimes you look at these uh, end results and you think, I don't understand anything anymore. Mm. Well, so that's why one... I think that denim is the key ingredient in all okay. of these fashion movements. This is good. This is good. Well, this one um, is taking the jean to a new level, which is no jean pretty much. It's called, and I shall state <laughs> what it is, thong jeans. Isn't it called the jong? The jong. <laughs> So for those of you in Australia, the G-Banger jean. It's a G-Banger jean down the catwalk and it looks amazing. They've got photographs here. She's wearing scuzzy old runners that Mm. I would wear, you know, running around, shuffling around on a Saturday morning in some mud park. She's got a cream bodysuit that looks just like something from Sports Girl and a pair of jeans where essentially all that's left of the jean is the crotch and just the seams down the side and that's pretty much kind of it. Really. But it goes all the way to the bottom. We're not talking a jean short that's been turned into no, there's no jort a jean here. thong. There's no <laughs> jort. It's the full jean but most of the body of it's been cut out. Mm. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> but once again, that's fashion. Fashion, that's fashion, fashion, darling. Give me a drink. They're all drunk. <laughs> It's ridiculous. They're taking the piss. They're all drunk. It's gone too far. <laughs> um, if now, if, I think that there's, we've got to acknowledge the elephant in the room here. And when um, I say elephant, I mean the shrieking laughter of our producer, James. Oh, yes, yes. Because in the last week or so, again, our beautiful Bang Fam has been delighted and entranced by the uh, explosions of giggles from our producer, James. <laughs> and usually we don't like to break down the fourth wall, but I think that we need no, to invite fine. him into the it's Bang Fam. It's our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Come on in, James. Hi. Hi. 
I feel like this isn't supposed to happen. <laughs> I'm not really here. All right, go away, bang boy. <laughs> oh, she's harsh. I do look to James, though, you know, whenever we're having a chat and I just think, is it going okay? And if he's looking at me because he's got the worst poker face ever, <laughs> if he's looking at me with dead eyes, I'm like, oh, no, this is really bad. Yeah, cut it. So the shrieking bits are, um, you know, he's like our live studio audience, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, our, our very special canned laughter. Maybe maybe we can get James up on stage at the um, Bang On Live and he can just sit on the corner of the stage <laughs> shrieking so no they're encouraging everyone else to laugh. No pressure. That's great. He's a living applause terrifying, sign. Terrifying, but great. <laughs> Thank you, James, for making us feel happy and gleeful. We love you. You're we very welcome. You. We do love you. Miff, what are you banging on about this week? I caught up on some podcasts finally this week, so call me six months behind. That's fine. I finally caught up with the magnificent how do you sleep at night which is put together by or hosted by hacks sarah mcvee and it's pretty extraordinary it's about all the people who live their lives in in the face of judgment i guess they do things that you and i probably wouldn't be able to do and go to sleep at night hence the title yeah and i listened to a couple of episodes there was one in particular that just absolutely floored me it was the one on the killer Oh, yeah. On a guy who murdered two people uh, quite randomly in the 90s in a gay bar in Brisbane. And, oh, my goodness, um, to to even be able to do such interviews without judgment, which I think Sarah does so well. She's an incredibly empathetic journalist. It's amazing. But at the same time, you know, she's, she's also trying to get to the core of what it is and what made him do it and... I don't know, it, and it, it brought up issues with me about things like the legal system and its ability to rehabilitate. So many different layers to this particular podcast and the others as well. And you know, essentially, again, what makes us human and how, how do we choose the path that we choose? And I just loved it. I absolutely, it blew me away. So I recommend it to everyone if they want to hear something that's going to make them really, really think to their core about you know, what they think and believe, but also too in this very black and white world where we are expected to be on one side or another, I find more so. When you hear something like this, you're like, oh my God, I don't even know where I stand anymore. It's it's really interesting. Yeah, I think it's good to be rattled out of that black and white mentality and just sort of, you know, be literally put inside someone else's skin to try and understand what why it is that they do what they do, what compels them to do that. I loved it as well. That's a good bang on. I'm also banging on about a podcast this week. Oh, um, I've been devouring this podcast and this this is how much I've been devouring it. Usually I save my podcasts for my walk to work or when I'm at the gym. It's like a chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a chocolate or a glass of wine After at the end dinner of the day. <laughs> Oh, do you remember those? They used to come out in the I still the buy after-dinner mints in their little tissue paper little individual tissue paper wrap. Bag. The oh little God, crinkle. That's so posh. That's the little cr- Well, I have it with my nightly moat. Makona. <laughs> <laughs> do you get the <laughs> Do you get the Vianetta out as well? You know it. <laughs> have no, a little hot okay, cup of Makona. Hot, hot tip. If you remember Vianetta as the best dessert ever, hold on to that memory. Don't go back. It is such shit ice cream. Yeah, it tastes terrible. <laughs> Once you've it? eaten adult proper ice cream that actually has flavour and isn't just white things with sugar and mm. then the, the chocolate flaky bits, but yeah. don't go back. 
It's like it's like Donnie Darko. It was great at the time. Don't go back and watch it now. It doesn't age well. You say Donnie Darko. I say it's like ice magic. I bought some of that. I bought some of that the other day and I put it on the ice cream and it was horrible. It doesn't taste the same. But then I, I gave it to my nephew, little Alfie, and he's like five. And I poured it on his eye. I said, mate, you're going to get this. It's going to freeze on the top. It's going to be able to hit it with a spoon and then you can eat it. And it didn't get hard. It tasted awful. I've never seen a more unimpressed five-year-old <laughs> in my life. He said, this is not magic, honey. <laughs> not magic. So, Dirty John, I've been listening to this not just on these walks and gym trips, but I've been sitting down like a ye olde radio show and just listening to it in my lounge room on a speaker because it's so compelling. And it's a podcast that you've maybe seen if you've got a podcast app and you've seen this in the charts or whatever because it's a lot of people are listening to this right now. It's put together by the LA Times and it's a story of a guy who is basically a shyster. He manipulates women, um, tries to fleece them of money, and he's incredibly good, like really handsome, older guy. I think he's in his 50s, you know, uh, muscly, lovely, knows everything to say and kind of preys on vulnerable women and to try to take advantage of them and has this incredible story. But just the way that it's put together and these little Easter eggs that are planted and not in a really, you know how sometimes these sort of true crime podcasts can be a bit naff? This is done by journalists at the LA Times. Apparently the guy who hosts it, who's a journalist, actually took lessons like acting lessons so that he could narrate it in a in a not naff way. Yeah. And it's the craft of this as a podcast and also the reveal of the story is fascinating. It's an excellent podcast. And also I think, you know, in the scope of the conversations that we've been having uh, about power play between men and women, opportunities being taken, abuses of power, this one in particular really taps into okay. that and just shows what happens when, you know, some women are in a situation and they're being manipulated or abused in whatever scale of abuse that is and they don't, they can't quite figure out that they're in it or how they get out or even if they want to get out. It's really, really good. Okay. I'm but intense. It. It, will, it will suck you in. Dirty John. Really you ever, can you ever fall in love again, though? Because that's the thing. I, I think the more we know about this, is you're going, you know, the next person you meet, like, oh, my God, are you, are you taking advantage of me? <laughs> Reading and listening to things and watching the world doesn't make me scared of the world. The world is a big place. And just mm. as much as we talk about some shitty things that happen, there are a lot of good people doing a lot of good things in the world. Oh, you're good. That is true. That is true. And I know that my heart will go on. See you next week. See you.